First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome into another episode, not Mackie and Judd, but Conduits of Trouble, which we ordinarily record every Thursday. Zolgad and Star Tribune sports columnist Chip Scoggins. What's up, Chipper? How are you today? What's happening? Um, a lot, actually. A lot. I've got a page full of notes here. Um, All right, let's go. Let's start with Vikings. So, okay. Okay, so uh, they went... Are you back th- on? <laughs> this is so funny. They went three consecutive coming out of the bye week, and then they lose to Dallas, which then gets drilled by Washington on Thanksgiving in what was a awful performance. And so you're like, ah, I don't know about this. And then they go and beat Carolina, which isn't that good, but, you know, Kirk leads the fourth quarter comeback there. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, before we just get to are you back on or not, what is your what is the Chip Scoggins current take on Kirk Cousins? Because I feel like this this not from you, but blows in the yeah, wind yeah. just weekly. What's your current Kirk Cousins take? Well, I was thinking about as I watched him the other day, and and, and was thinking we should not be surprised. Judd, he won a playoff game in New Orleans, mm-hmm. so when he when he engineers it, I know this doesn't happen a lot, but it's not like we've never seen him play well. It, it's the it's the peaks and valleys. And right now he's on one of those peaks and he's playing well. I don't know that we've seen him. I mean, since the bye week, now the first couple games at the bye week, he didn't have to do a whole lot, but I would say what the last three weeks, um, played pretty darn well. And, but we've seen him do this. And so I guess you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak. That's, That's sort of how I feel. You feel like there's probably a clunker coming, but, uh, good for him. And, and, um, he's playing really, really well right now. And it seems like he's in tune with Kubiak and what they're trying to do. And, you know, the thing I, the thing I have liked, um, especially the last couple of weeks is he doesn't seem to get as rattled by the pressure, whether he runs, uses his feet or throws it away or heck he stood in there a couple of times and took a big shot uh, on Sunday against Carolina and, and make good passes. So I think that's the one thing that really kind of maybe feels different that mm-hmm. he's not. Now he did have the, you know, the fumble on the, he's got to secure that. Um, but generally the pressure doesn't seem to be rattling him like we've seen before. So this is two consecutive years, two in different ways, shapes and forms, Chip, where he has had, where he has gotten off to bad starts or not great starts. Not, uh, they're not, you know, this year was bad. 2000, yeah. um, 
19 had the Bears game, which, of course, drove uh, Diggs to leave the team for two days. But that was just four games. But you're right in in the sense that in both cases, when we, I think, really began to question Cousins and say, oh, boy, this is not good, it's almost like he thrives off that and comes back and then, you know, starts to put up not just the stats, but also starts to have success as well. So you're right in the sense that I guess we should be past the point of being surprised because he does seem like when all hope is, is sort of um, lost, that that's when Kirk Cousins rebounds and sometimes plays his best. Yeah, I think you tweeted this. I can't remember if you did or if I dreamed it, but he would make the perfect captain for the Wild. Right. Oh, I did tweet that. I'm glad that you're dreaming about what I might tweet about the wild. No, he'd fit in. Suter to Parisi to Cousins. He scores! It's 5-2 Canadians. Just when you thought they were out. Yes. The Furious Rallies. He is. Um, he, 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 would be the ca- he would be a great captain for the Furious Rallies. And just have Miko just uh, transfer that C from, from Miko to, to Kurt. Uh, yes. <laughs> in a ceremony. No, I mean, it's it's. Um, you're right. It's like, and I gotta be honest with you. After that Atlanta game, I thought that was like the point of no return for him. I, I just thought he's done here. There's no way he can, you know, bounce back from this. The way he was playing, he thrown his tenth interception. They're one five and horrible loss. But um, you know, thank God for the schedule makers. <laughs> you know, yep. the schedule got easier. Yep. But also, but I, but I also, I think it's it's unfair not to give him some credit for bouncing back from that because it looked like, I mean, he didn't have many friends in this market at all. I mean, he was on an island in terms of supporters, and so and that, that's when that was after that game when Zimmer came back and said nobody's lost faith in him, and we all kind of laughed. Um, and that you know, they, maybe some people internally laughed, but. Um, but he looks really under control right now. I mean, that, that last drive, mm-hmm. I mean, it was now. I mean, come on, Matt Rule. You're, you're rushing three. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I don't care what quarterback in the NFL, if you rush three and they have seven seconds to sit back there and find a guy, even if you have eight defenders in coverage, they're still gonna, somebody's going to get open and you're still going to find them. Yeah. yeah the yes. that defense, how many times – do they never learn? No. You have to put pressure on them, especially this quarterback. It drives me crazy. Matt rules. That, that, was like, that was coaching malfeasance there by rule on Sunday. Absolutely. In, in shapes and form, yeah. Matt rules use of um, timeouts, the clock, and, and his decision to rush three were, I didn't get them. I didn't get any of them. And his, like, the fact that, that they had, I think it was in the um, second-to-last drive by Carolina, Chip, the, that they had Teddy throw the ball twice and stop the yeah. clock. Like, what are you doing at that point in time? And again, I will say this. How can every team not have a clock specialist? Like, you have every, yeah. you know, assistant to the assistant linebackers coach, and you don't have a clock specialist. It makes no sense. Well, yeah, just somebody who's going to sit there and be unemotional and, you know, dispassionate about it and not get wrapped up in it and just say, Matt, run the ball. Yeah. Do not throw a pass here. <laughs> And even the, you know, the, the, you know, last position they had the third down where Teddy just missed a wide open guy in the end zone, which I know we all love Teddy. He was not good at all. I thought Sunday, Um, but even that, like if he, if he completes it, you know, I think we all say good call, but you have to figure the risk and the time and everything. Just run the ball. They would, they would uh, kick the field goal. I think the Vikings would have got it with about a minute, right? 
Yeah, so probably. Try the whole, the whole field in a minute. Now, if you're going to do three man, <laughs> three man rush, <laughs> maybe anyway. yes, it's a new point. So you just made it worse. But um, yeah, that was that whole coaching. It was not a coaching clinic by the Carolina staff for sure. So Chipper, so the drive against the Titans, which the Vikings only mm-hmm. needed a field goal to win, was a disaster. Um, the drive against the Seahawks, I think only started with, I think it started in the Vikings territory with 15 seconds left. So I'll sort of give them a pass on that one, but there's no, yeah. but there's no question that there was time against Dallas again, if nothing else to get into field goal range and kick a tying field goal. And you didn't come close against Carolina. Uh, Kirk takes that team and Carolina to your point, And you're definitely right. Helped him, but he takes that team down the field quickly and efficiently. What mm-hmm. what did we learn, and this is not saying that this guy is not a good player and that the Vikings want him out, okay? But what what did we learn about how Kirk operates when when his um when his blankie, his safety net feeling is not there? Because I found it really intriguing that the Carolina defense could not focus on nineteen and that yeah. Kirk did a really nice job offensively of using different players to where that would definitely keep a defense far more off balance than Dallas was the week before. Yeah, I thought it would be one of those situations where uh, I'm going to force feed it to Justin Jefferson no matter what, and he's going to have you know 20 targets. I don't know how many he wound up with, probably double digits, but he went to B.C. Johnson, he went to B.B. a handful of times, his tight ends um, got involved. So he, he did a nice job of spreading it around. And, yeah, I'm sure Jefferson had – over 10 targets, but it wasn't like you just felt like he was locked in on him. Um, I thought he spread the ball around really well and um, really managed that game and not, and not, and that's not like in a negative way. Um, you know, I just thought he made good decisions all day and I don't know, you know, you're right. It, it goes back and forth. Cause you're like, okay, is this the Kirk you can trust now? Or is it night? This is, um, I would say you're be- I'm beginning to trust him more. How's that? I mean, it feels like, and I'll probably say something completely different next week every yeah. Sunday. After the, he this is the problem. <laughs> yeah. You're right. But, but, but I don't know, Judd. And maybe it's because they're playing bad teams. Um, but he, he has played better. I mean, you have to give him credit, and you look at the way he's running this offense. And I, I do think Kubiak deserves credit, too. Mm-hmm. I just feel like those two are pretty locked in together. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe maybe this is also – what we were talking about when Dalvin was carrying the team that at some point there has to be a payoff. I remember saying this a couple of weeks on here that at some point there has to be a payoff to this, right? Like teams are going to have to suck up, put more guys in there and, and commit to stop Dalvin, um, which we should get to with Kubiak's comments about being beat up. Yes. Um, that maybe this is the payoff for that, that, that it, it's opened up uh, stuff for, for the passing game. So to the point that you just made, Chip Scoggins, Kubiak did come out this week and basically uh, um, went as far as a coach is going to and saying we are getting a guy annihilated and damn near killed. Uh, do you think, and this is the most important part, do you think that Zimmer agrees with Kubiak because he's going to have the ultimate say? Because uh, I think Gary is a thousand percent right. That being yeah. that being said, I don't know that Mike necessarily is going to um, rubber stamp the Gary proposal of we got to cut down on uh, the Dalvin plan because at this point in time, this guy is going, I mean, he is basically on a week to week basis now, just getting the living crap kicked out of him by defenses. 
Yeah, you know what's funny? Just, like even before that, just watching Dalvin Sunday, I thought he looked tired. Like I, yep. I didn't think he had the same burst that he had, and, and um, just watching that game, I was like, boy, this felt like there was a couple runs like earlier season he would he would have got more out of. You know, um, I, I really think that the Chicago and, and Dallas games, he took a lot of big hits. Um, I mean, we we know the one about Dallas, but it just seemed like there were some really. He just got, like he said, beat up. I, I think I think Zimmer will listen to Kubiak because he respects him, obviously. I mean, he values his opinion probably as much as or more than anyone in that building. But they're also trying to get in the playoffs, man. You know? I know. And, and, and if push comes to shove, what do you think Zimmer's going to do in the heat of the moment? I mean, he's going to try to win a game, and he, I don't think he's worried about workload during a game. You know? I, I think he's going to try to win a game. And so – Unless it's just obvious, like he's, you know, limping or just is not right, I think then then he will. But I I, I don't know that it's going to change his mindset a whole lot. Do you? Uh, no, I don't. And here's the problem. So here, so if we go down this path and explore it thoroughly, here here's the issue with if Mike tells Gary, you know what, Gary, Kirk's playing well, you're right, let's sort of back off on the Dalvin Cook plan and let's pivot uh, more towards what is working with Kirk. Here's my here's my fear or here's what I think is the inherent flaw. If they pivot back to saying basically acknowledging, you know what, Kirk's playing well. Let's ride Kirk now. Mm-hmm. I think Kirk thrives when you're not riding Kirk. So like yeah. it, so and I it's all mental. So I think in Kirk's mind they came back from the bye and said, "Kirk, you were awful against the Falcons, like embarrassingly bad. So here's our plan. We got this guy. He wears 33. He's really good. He's going to be our, our guy. You're going to throw the ball 17 times, I think, on average in two consecutive games. Kirk then thinks to himself, this isn't my thing. Like, I'm I'm still good, but this isn't my – and Kirk loosens up and starts to play well. So mm-hmm. so now, like, let's say on Sunday you go back to, okay, this has to be, Kirk, this is your your baby. And Delvin's still important, but it's your thing. Um, I'm not saying from a physical standpoint Kirk's incapable of carrying the team. I'm saying from a mental standpoint, I think the less he has going on in his mind about his importance, the better he plays. So I'd be very curious to see if they pivoted back towards, Kirk, this is on you, and Kirk being like, Oh, now it's on me, huh? And it, it sounds weird, but I really yeah. think that I really think a lot of his things are mental, not physical. Well, no, yeah, I think it's the the less amount of pressure he feels to have to carry the day, he's just a lot better off. But I don't know that I don't. I would be stunned if Zimmer ever got to the point where, okay, Dalvin's, you know, we need to protect him a little bit, so let's throw it more. I think if more than anything, it'd be like let's get Alexander Madison in there and. And, and trying to split the carries that way, um, but still having a run first focus. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think because that's who Zimmer is. I don't think he would abandon that. I just think he would want to throw some of uh, or shift some of Dalvin's carries onto to Madison more than saying, "All right, Kirk, let's cut it loose. We're going to throw it forty five times." Because that's we know how much that drives him crazy. Um, I mean, remember the shootout against the Rams a couple of years ago. <clears throat> which we all loved and thought it was great. Yeah, that was a fun uh, game. And even, and, even, and even the Packers, I'm, I'm sure Zimmer just like, this is not good. We're not doing this. You know, this is not sustainable. So, um, no, <clears throat> excuse me. And, well, yeah, Jacksonville, so you could probably take any flop. You could beat them. <laughs> beat them, but, yep. you know, after that, you win, and now all of a sudden, 
Judge, you're going to have to either win in Tampa or New Orleans, right, to get to the playoffs probably. Yes, um, agreed. So you've got to have Dalvin fresh for those. And so that's where I'd be curious to see if we see a lot of Madison this week and really try to lighten Dalvin's uh, workload to save him for those games because you're going to need him fresh to try to win, you know, one of those two. Yeah, I think you're probably right now. I guess my question is, is this too, though. Um, have you, since the bye, have you used him to such an extent that you almost have to pull back a little bit, you know, against Tampa? And I'm, I'm not saying he wouldn't play, uh, but 30, you know, 32 touches, yeah. Chipper, is an incredible amount. So w- would you come up with a plan to try and, I don't know, cap it at 25? Because, I mean, when, when, you're, yeah. when you're saying 30-plus touches per game, you are yeah. asking the world of a guy. I mean, I don't care well, how good or durable you might be. Eventually, to what you're saying, you're just going to wear down. Yeah, and I don't think Madison is, like, you know, obviously he's not an explosive running back. I don't think anybody would say that, but he should be fresh. <laughs> yes, he should be. At this point, yes, he and should you're be. Getting, and you're getting defenses that are beat up and probably don't want to tackle as much as um, – I mean, we see it every year at the end of the year where guys' bodies are, you know, are beat up and tackling kind of falls by the wayside because they're just – it's you know, they just don't have the um, capacity to do it as well. Maybe that's where Madison – you know, maybe he'll thrive a little bit more. So I, I think that's where it is where, if anything, I think he'd say – you know, let's give Dalvin 22 to 25 carries. Let's give, if Madison mm-hmm. was getting three a game, let's give him nine, you know, mm-hmm. and, I'm with and, you. See, and see what that does. Um, because, yeah, I mean, we were saying all along that that was not sustainable. And, I mean, especially just those two games. I mean, the Bears and Dallas game was just, I mean, that was, he just took a pounding in those games. And so I'm not surprised for him to come out and say he's he's wore out and and, and beat up. So, I, I, I will not be surprised at all if, if Madison has a, a you know, double-digit carries uh, against Jacksonville. Is this right now right now your best guess, a playoff team? Do you think they make it? I looked at the Cardinals' schedule, and I think they have an easier schedule than the Vikings. Um, but, I, you know, they're not a great team. Now, the quarterback's electric, and he can do, you know – his little magic in his comebacks, but um, I think they're going to be right. I think, you know, it's, it, they're going to have to win one of those two games. And if they win one of those two games, I'll say, yeah, uh, the Cardinals, I think they have a couple really easy games left. And so, um, you know, I think they're going to, the Vikings need to, if they can win at Tampa or win at New Orleans, I think they get in. If they don't, uh, I don't think they will. What, what's your take on TB, man? Because that that Tampa Bay team is really weird. And Brady's year, like I, I guess I'm I'm confused by what they're asking him to do. Yeah, uh, and I know that Arians is a quarterback guru and an offensive guy, but it is really weird that you would get a guy who's what 43 at this point and yep. essentially say, "Let's do it my way." Like you would think that they'd be saying, "You know what? Okay, I've got a philosophy here, but this is this is a." 43-year-old Brady, let's at least morph things to what he's successful at doing. I'm That team confuses me by its approach. I know. I've seen him play several times, and I've seen him play really well and, and seen him play just look horrible. I think the defense is good. I just think Brady has not been good this year. You know, you watch him some of these, and I don't know if he just doesn't 
he's just not in sync with Arians and the offense yet or the philosophy. I mean, they got a lot of skilled players. I think that's part of it. Receiver, yep. You know, their wide receiver core, it's like you look at it like, wow, this, you know, they should be putting up a lot of points. But it's just they look like guys that just um, don't – they aren't on the same page. They don't um, – they're not comfortable with what they're doing. And – and you know Brady's forty three. I mean, I think we, you know, we all have this image of what he is. And I mean, there's going to be decline. And then you put him in a new offense, a new all everything new, and it's it's uh, it's just been kind of disjointed at times. So um, still wouldn't count him out though. You know, I mean, I've seen him play well, and I think the defense is good. So yeah, um, I don't think that they're. I wouldn't. I wouldn't predict them to reach the Super Bowl. You know, but <clears throat> I mean, it's weird the. God, the NFC is not very good. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's that's AFC, a very true statement. I mean, when you look at the top of the AFC and then top of the NFC, um, like if I had to pick one NFC team right now to make, I, I guess I still wouldn't want to face Russell Wilson. You know, but that's not a. I mean, that's a flawed team defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, who's the best team? You know, them is, you know, Packers. Chip, I, it, I don't know. Chip, it's week to know. week. It's week to week. Like at times, yeah. the Rams look damn good. Yeah, and then they lose to San Francisco, which, by the way, doesn't look awful all the time, but at times does. And their QB thing's a mess right now. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that 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 conference in particular, it's really hard. Like, and I like the Saints, but I like the Saints with Breeze. I don't know that I like the Saints yeah. with Taysom Hill. Um, yeah. So I I would say that I would probably go with the Saints as the best team, but I don't think that anybody. Is is like the Chiefs, where you say it's going to be surprising if they don't the make the Steelers. Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, Chiefs and Steelers. I mean, Steelers. Those two teams that, that should be yours. But yeah, I mean, yes. I think the Saints. I think the Saints with Breeze are the most complete team. But I mean, how many broken ribs do he have? I mean, is he going to be able to come back and be Drew Breeze? Well, supposedly you know? he had. Was it nine? Yeah, it was something crazy. So I think they're the most complete team. Um, but. Not knowing his status, you know, if they faced, you know, if Taysom Hill faced Russell Wilson in the in a playoffs, would you pick the Saints? I don't know. Maybe if they're, you know, I guess you can't say if they're at home because there's no fans, so the home field doesn't really. And Wilson's so good, but and the Seattle. So here's what's weird too. But their defense the last two weeks has really improved a lot, and so if their defense has turned things around, um, then that's a different ball game there because you know they they spent the first what eight weeks or nine weeks or ten weeks basically being. Russell, and then his team stinks. Um, yeah. And now they're playing well defensively. So, yeah, it is a really hard conference to call. I I think the thing with the Vikings that probably gives me pause for cause when it comes to them playing potentially pretty decent teams is I don't think that defense can hold up. No. I, I don't just either. don't think it's good either. enough. I don't think Zim can – I don't think Zim can scheme you through a playoff run. Well, I don't – you know, you know, their line is not the line that we've oh. – you know, grown accustomed to, and and I mean, you got young guys that are learning, but they're not a you know, I won't sit here and say they're a dominant line. <laughs> and then secondary obviously has issues, and so um, I mean, they faced as we talked last week. I mean, they faced some offenses that just for, you know, for different reasons, um, has, has been conducive to uh, to playing well. But um, I, I do think if you got in a matchup with a good quarterback and a good offense with a good you know, like offensive line, I think that defense would be in trouble. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Will the prediction time again for you? Will the Gopher football team play another game this season, Chip Scoggins? 
I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. I think that the, from all indications, the numbers are declining in terms of the positive tests are trending in the right way. So I think they're going to give it their best best shot to play next week at um, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I'll still say it's 50 you know, because you don't, you could have another spike. Or uh, the problem is, Judd, is, you know, if you get hit hard, hard in one position group, um, it, it's, you know, how do you play a game? And that's, right. that's the thing. It's like if you had an outbreak on your and your quarterbacks or your defensive line or your offensive line or your secondary. I mean, if you only have three healthy or available offensive line, you can't play a game, you know? And so that's the, it is trending in the right way, but if, if they had an outbreak in a position group or two position groups, it'd be hard to play. But I, I won't say yes. I, I think there's a, uh, I think they're really in, you know, they, they want to play again. They don't want their season to end, you know, um, without having another chance to play. So, uh, you know, hopeful, hopeful that it um, keeps trending in the right way. And then we should get, we should get an update here in the next couple of days on where they're at. And then if they play, okay. So if they play Nebraska, then, and there is a game that they would play the week after that as well. Right. Because de- yeah, 19th, each team yeah. has a game built in for the 19th. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. And I'm writing about this for Sunday, Judd. Initially the, the plan was, uh, you know, your, your East and West winners play, and then two versus two, three, three, four, four, uh, and just do it like that. Forget that. Forget that model. You still have to have your one versus one play because you need to, you know, got to have a Big Ten winner. Sure. Um, but, I mean, you have some teams that are going to have, have played, uh, you know, eight games, some five, some six, some seven. I mean, it's, they've all played different games. And so just say, okay, Northwestern, you're playing. I assume it's going to be Indiana. Um do that, and mm-hmm. if if Ohio State Michigan gets canceled next week, which I'm 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 think it's probably going to happen because Michigan got canceled this week and they're they're at the start of that. Whenever you see a team that's at the start of a breakout or an outbreak, yes, um, it's typically two weeks, right? Um, so let's say Ohio State Michigan don't play next week in that game eight. Have them play the nineteenth. Have the Gophers play Wisconsin. Who mm-hmm. cares? Be flexible. Who cares? This doesn't matter. The whole thing's a chaotic mess, anyways. Have the best matchups. I mean, what what sense does it have? You know, the Gophers going to play Rutgers or Michigan State or whoever's wherever they slot in the in the thing. Just pick the best matchups and and you know, create some at least interesting matchups here and, and final thing. And then don't worry about having four play four or five play five. I mean, that's that's nonsense. You know, a chaotic mess so, is exactly right. Yeah, so that's what I would do. I would just have, you know, make sure you're one, play your one, and then just figure out what your best match. If you have some traditional rivalries that got canceled, play those and then figure everything else out. So so to your point about a chaotic mess, mm-hmm. let me ask you or, or give you my opinion on this one too um, because we are now so fixated on games played, right? Like you can't go mm-hmm. to the Big Ten Championship game if you don't play this amount of games, and Ohio State might not, so they couldn't. Uh, Wisconsin can't. When it comes, and I know that um, the college football playoff committee is not beholden to the same rules as the conferences, but when it comes to that four-team playoff, yeah. in in this big of mess, to use your word, um, I think you have to take what you deem to be the four best teams, and yeah. and as long as they've played more than two games, 
I don't yeah. I don't think like we should not be we if if the conversation becomes well Cincinnati played eight games and the Buckeyes played I don't at this point in time yeah. I don't give a damn give me what you think and you're you know this committee is paid to be on uh the, you know or to have discussions about the best teams give me what you deem to be the four best teams and don't I don't care for 2020 about it might not have been completely fair well, and that's, I mean, they knew this was going to happen. Yes. I mean, everybody knew there was going to be games canceled, and you were not going to have uniformity in terms of the same number of games to be able to judge things by. And so this does come down to eye test. And and I know, you know, the people at Cincinnati are going to be mad if they go 11-0. and uh, Texas A&M is going to be mad if they go 10-1 or whatever. And, and they're going to say, well, how can, you know – What's Ohio State going to wind up with six games? You know, uh-huh. how can a how can a six and O team? How can you take them over eleven and O? And it's like because we think they're better. <laughs> it's just, I mean, agree or disagree, but that's just how we feel. I mean, we feel like they're better, and so that's exactly what they should. I mean, their whole the whole purpose of the the selection committee is pick the four best teams, and I don't think you need. 10 games of Ohio State slaughtering people to realize they're one of the four best teams. Exactly. Amen. Exactly I right. Think, I think you can sit here and say, okay, that's, yep, we're pretty reasonable, feel pretty good that they're one of the four best. Now, you know, there's always, every year there's, you know, the fifth or sixth teams feel like they got, uh, you know, the raw end of the deal. But, um, I mean, right now, I think you could pick four teams right now and just go play it, you know. And this is one year. Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State and just go play it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But this is one year where I don't want to get stuck in in the ordinarily enjoyable minutia of um, the fifth team is upset. I don't care. Like, I just don't care. Who played who? I don't. Just shut up and give me the four best. Like, pick what you think are going to be the potentially three most entertaining games I can watch, and I will be happy. I don't need yeah, you to, and, yeah. you know, BYU, did you see who? I don't care. They don't, Their schedule was not that hard, and I don't want to see them get crushed because they got a fair shake. And put the four teams in a bubble for two weeks, right? I oh, mean, hey, we, hey, man. You know, we want to see. You know what? No, I've already had, but, you know, we want to see the best players on the best teams. And so I don't, I don't, you know, and I know college is different, and they're, you know, they're, uh, going to school, but you know we're remote learning. Everybody's remote learning right now. So take the four teams. Yep. Take them to wherever. Uh, I don't know. The, the, I can't remember the bowls that are the semifinals, but sequester them. Put them in a you know. Put them in a hotel for two weeks, and or you know, for the, the two teams are only going to be there one week. But just yeah, you know, I, isolate them and make sure you uh, protect in a protective bubble, and then you have your best players playing. Should I, be that hard, right? Oh, hell no. Here's what I would do. I, I would actually take the four teams right now that, that are in, because, and I think that they are eventually going to be the four teams to play. I would take the four, the personnel and the coaches from the four teams right now. And mm-hmm. I would say you are not going anywhere. You're going from, <laughs> you're going from your dorms or your, your campus, um, facilities. Uh, in, in fact, I would put them in hotels and I would say you're going yeah. to the stadium to practice. You're going back to your hotel. You will, you know, have your your ability to take your classes online. You're not mm-hmm. going home for Christmas. You're not going anywhere. You are I you you are quarantined as of now. In fact, this is what I this is what I is driving me nuts. Why does the National Football League 
which but you know which steamrolls the players association at every turn right chip how yeah. do they not how did they not tell players on december 1 kiss your wife and kids goodbye you yeah. are not going to see them again until we're done and, and if you're a if you're a super bowl team you should welcome it and if you're you know the vikings you'll probably have a month um i don't get how with this virus spreading like it is right now how do these big businesses not essentially yeah. say we're sorry this is going to be a hardship to your family but you are going to see nobody but your teammates and coaches until we are done well yeah i mean and i know the players and i i, I agree with them at the beginning i mean you're, yeah. you're talking about if you start a training camp all the way Agreed. to the super bowl you're talking about six months and you can't agree i don't think that's fair with you um, but a month left and and you know if they still disagree, I would say this: playoffs, forget it, non-negotiable. <laughs> We're having a bubble yep. because we can't be postponing games. You don't want outbreaks with with playoff teams where you know you're down to your fourth quarterback. Um, and so I, I guess that has to be negotiated. I think I saw a headline or something this week where Goodell raised that possibility of putting the, the playoff teams in a bubble. I would hope that the players you you know, wouldn't balk at that. I mean, I mean, you're still trying to win a Super Bowl, whether you think it yes. deserves an asterisk or not. It's, I mean, you played the whole season. Why let it? You know, it's, it feels like it's hanging by a thread as it is. You know, you're playing a game at two forty five on a Wednesday. Yes, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, yes. This, this is like totally with third. you. Yeah. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if the players are if the the union is. Um, rethought that position at all, but I, I think at a absolute minimum they have to the playoff teams have to be in a bowl. But I agree with you. Just December first for a month, you're going in there, you know, and and it's a month. Salvage, you know, just try to salvage the rest of this. It's basically one month, and and what happened, and plus, so we we've had, well, it's more than two chip. We've had probably a handful of games that have been essentially what would amount to a joke because teams mm-hmm. because teams are so depleted, right? Uh, yeah. The Baltimore game, and I know the score was close, but you know, Baltimore had what eight guys out, ten guys out, yeah. twelve guys out. That that Thursday night um, Niners Packers game was a complete joke. Like that yeah. was like San Francisco had no one. Um, and so if Denver. I'm the league, yeah, and if I'm the league, exactly, Denver, I would say we can't have players basically functioning in society uh, at the risk of of important games now that can decide playoff implications, uh, mm-hmm. and your B squad, your JV shows up. So that's where I would just say this is a very easy one, uh, or if your playoff team, you know, two-month call, where there we just can't we can't take the risk of somebody going to a strip club or going out to dinner and he comes back and spreads it and now I've got a playoff a game with playoff implications that's got one team you know playing Barney Fife at quarterback seriously it's not that hard to me I know yeah and and uh, I guess I could you know I guess I can live with him waiting till the playoffs because you would be quarantining, you know, Jacksonville. I mean, you know. They deserve it. Who cares? They deserve to be quarantined. So do the Lions. They deserve quarantine. Yeah, but when when you get to the playoffs, I mean, with so much money and 
everything that's on at stake, I, I think it's just a no-brainer. And I would think that the, the players and teams would want that too, you know? I mean, if you're on a team, wouldn't you want to give yourself the best ch- chance to win a Super Bowl? Yes. You know, And, and so, if I'm the league, I want December to have the best games possible. And if I've got 18 guys with COVID, I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm getting bad games. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, and it has been. I'm yeah, very passionate so. about this. Well, yeah, and it's, you know, and, and some of this stuff just no fault. I mean, I you know, Adam Thielen. I mean, I'm sure he just goes from home to yep. to facility, facility to home. And, and you know, I think probably 99.9% of the guys are doing the right thing and not going out. I but, mean, it's just – But it just it takes happens. one. It, it just it takes just one happens. guy, right? Yeah, yeah, it just happens, you know, for whatever reason. Um, so, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, so, um, speaking of Lions, hey, we're going to – Bears are going to fire that guy too, right, Nagy? Oh yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a uh, GM gone too. Pace will be gone and, as well. Yeah, I mean it's the NFC North is going to be uh, a new look again next year. You know, I, I got to imagine if you're the Lions, you have to hire Eric Bieniemy, right? If you can. Yeah, but the Jets probably will. I would guess look at him as well, right? I mean, he should be he should be the hot guy. Yes, he will. So the Jets. I, uh, the Jets possibly, Chicago possibly, Detroit for sure. Um, if you're the enemy, which one do you take? <laughs> I pro- you know what? Yeah, they are. You know what might be intriguing because of the quarterback would be Trevor Lawrence with the Jets, but the Jets yeah. are so poorly run. That's my problem. Well, that's the thing. If I if I'm the enemy and I know they're getting the first pick, I go with him and I take I hitch my wagon to Trevor Lawrence. You know? Yeah. That you're right. You're you're 100 percent right. Um. Yeah, I mean, I would pick wherever that who has the number one pick. Our guy Bev Chipper, yeah, Daryl yeah, Bevel, Orville interim Burble. coach, and or- Orville, the greatest sid line ever. Orville Burville, when he wrote Orville Burville, and we had to correct it. Um. Yeah, but he's he's gonna finally get his chance. I I feel yeah. like the I feel like the the Super Bowl goal line call. Uh, to pass instead of run basically took him off the market as a head coaching candidate. But now he finally, after all of these years, is going to yeah. get his chance to uh, be a head coach at least for a handful of games. Do you think that stuck to him as much as it did Pete Carroll? I don't know. I, I yeah. think it did stick to him a little bit because this league's very about appearances and sure. that play call, like however it got in, is one of the worst play calls. Yeah. Given the circumstances that you ever will see, and and twelve men right in the huddle. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, but that didn't that didn't stick to him nearly as much as Brad and and the fact that that there was chaos mm-hmm. on the side. Which, if I'm not mistaken, our guy Bienemy did participate in that chaos as well. It's all come full circle. So he's gonna pay the price. He's never gonna get a job because they had twelve men in the huddle in 2010. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly oh, right. Oh, that's funny. Hey, last thing, twins moves. Yeah. Your oh, thoughts? I'm sad man. No Rosario Eddie. gone. No Eddie. We'll probably go. He, uh, yeah, it was a good run for him, right? I mean, you never. I, I, I was thinking about last night is, you know, early in his when he had the couple of drug things, the marijuana early on, you weren't sure he was going to get off the ground, right? Didn't You're right. He, uh, I didn't think about that. You're right. Um, early on. Um, you kind of wondered, you know, where where his career was going, but he he had, you know, he is what he is, right? I mean, he's going to swing at bad pitches and drive you crazy sometimes, 
But he's pretty productive, Judd. I mean, you look at the runs he drives in and the moments he has, and um, he's a fun player. He's energetic. I understand what they're doing. I mean, you know, coming off the pandemic and you having to pay him $10 million, you know, yep. I don't think anybody's going to do it. And the fact that everybody passed on him uh, in waivers um, showed you that. But um, he he was always fun in the clubhouse, and, he, uh, you know, he's had some memorable – moments and low lights in the field too um but uh i understand why they did it you know um and you know i, I do think you know losing trevor may out of the bullpen i you know i thought he was had become a you know a i don't know if he's top flight re, uh reliever but he was a you know a guy that you certainly could count on um so but i guess this is just part of the year-to-year business of guys coming and going um but uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be different not to have Eddie's free swinging in the lineup there. I'm curious to see how or if they use the m- money that they've saved on at least those two. Uh, if they well, now go out and, and invest in pitching, or do they pocket it and say hey, it's a pandemic, we ain't spending more? Well, but um, what is the payroll going to be? I mean, is everybody's payroll going to be a lot different now? So it's it's my it's guess not is like, yes. Okay, that ten million we we were saving on him, we're going to devote it to someone else, or are they just going to say, like, what was their payroll last year? Like one hundred thirty million? I don't even know. What yes, I think it was. Uh, I think it was north of one thirty, but not one forty. So now is it going to come back to one ten? One? I mean, I don't know. My, I seen, my, my guess, seen, or less, possibly. Yeah, and is that going to? I assume that's going to be across the board for a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's going to be one of those situations that okay we we got rid of these veterans we saved twenty five million now we're going to spend that twenty five million on someone else I think it's just going to be like we're not spending that twenty five million this year which I know it's going to make a lot of people howl you know because there's no salary cap and these are billionaire owners um, but I, I I I assume we're not going to see the payroll be what it was you know last year for a lot of teams. And my question on baseball is this. When are we going to start, and when do, do they predict with a vaccine in play probably at some point in time soon here that we can get fans back in stadiums to fill them up, basically? So that's my that's my question is what's the, what's the prediction? Because I think that changes things greatly. Because if we think that, that, you know, stadiums can be full again by, you know, take your pick, June or July – uh, that's yeah. certainly going to help with an influx of cash now coming in. Sure. But if we are skeptical of that or think fans are going to continue to stay away because of concerns, and, and we're talking about another um, sparsely attended 2021, yeah. that that to what you're saying, Chip, that's going to impact a lot of teams. Well, I would I would hope the pen or the uh, the uh, vaccine would you know change the 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 whole thing um, now when is that going to be available and, and all that. But I mean, are you going to be able to start in April, with May with fans? I don't know, but I would hope at some point this season, Oh yeah. Uh, we're going to be positioned to be able to bring everyone back. If, if you know, if, if the vaccine's available to everyone. Um, yep. and that, yeah, that will, that will definitely change. Cause that's, I mean, that's the one thing they said. We have no, you know, we're not selling hot dogs and beers and tickets and parking. So, um, we don't have the money to do it. So they should be able to, and Hey, are you, are you pumped for, uh, for the, having the AAA uh, team, yeah, hell ten, yeah, ten miles down the road, that's gonna be awesome. I love it. I love it. We can go see Royce Lewis. We can go see you know Trevor Larnick. I I think mm-hmm. it's now. I get 
I get where the longtime Saints fans don't like this, so I completely well, get their yeah. objection. Yeah. But as far as personally, as a baseball fan, I sure. think and and look. Also, to be clear, this is not good for minor league baseball. Like what's going on here is not good. No, no, no. no. But just from our standpoint of you know, well, look, fans' perspective, yeah. yeah. Let's go watch prospects. I, I think it's it's great. No, no downside from a baseball fans' perspective if you live here. Yeah, especially, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the prices are going to be a little bit different than they ordinarily were um, when you're getting to see AAA. But, yeah, for something that's a little more economical for the family to be able to go see. That's right by you, know, you Scoggins. You can basically yeah, just uh, walk to the ballpark. Yeah, it's a uh, take the back way uh, down to St. Paul there. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be cool. It would be interesting to see if more teams, I don't know how many major league teams have a, you know, triple uh, a team in their you know in their hometown or but close by i think it's just it just makes a lot of sense for just convenience and not having to get on a flight absolutely you drive <laughs> down called up yeah, you get stuck like, hey, in traffic need, that's the worst thing now right we need a player okay make the five minute uber ride you know downtown and you're there so my yeah, question cool. I'm, I'm excited for it my question is this beer prices Mm-hmm. Like what are the beer prices? That's my question. I, I yeah, hope we're not going towards the eleven dollar beer here. That's what everything's going up. It's uh, not going to be lot, the Chip. same. Yeah, it's not going to be. Uh, and, and I don't think we're going to have the pick delivering the ball again. Still, are we or are we not? You know, that's a very good question. I've seen I've seen a, a lot of conflicting views and opinions about how much of the Saints' charm is going to stay. I will say, if you fully expect all the Saints' charm to stay, I think you're crazy. I, I don't think they will. Go along with that in AAA, but the pig might stay. You know what? The pig could stay. The pig could stay. Get a haircut. Is it Sister Roz uh, that does the Sister Roz did the hair? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she's still massages, hey, right? Keep it all. Massages, yeah. She, yeah. Gives, yeah, she gives massages on the concourse. Yeah, keep it all. Keep it all. But then just have the AAA guys there. Yeah, uh, why not? All right, Chipper. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, man. Take all care, right, brother. Look all right, bye bye.